Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mojo Market Report here on a Wednesday. Welcome to the midweek show. Here it is, Dave Sturchio. It is Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony Behind the Glass here at Chop Studios. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope everybody's making money on the Mojo Market. I know I am. I checked this morning with my cup of coffee, um, and uh, things are looking good still. So I, I am very happy with everything. A nice fat return in case I wanted to cash out, but I'm I'm holding strong with a lot of my guys. Um, uh, there's one that I was worried about, but then not so worried about. I'm, I went in early on Kenny Pickett. And, I, and, I, and it boomed when he got announced the starter. Like, mm-hmm. now, do you think that's going to, like, kind of just start to trickle down a little bit as a time? Because I got a nasty multiplier on him <laughs> when they offered it originally. Now. I think it. I think they're going to give Kenny Pickett every opportunity in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. um, if you believe that he's going to succeed, it's his first year. So you're going to give him a, a little bit of time. Okay. And it's not only his first year. It's his first year on a very bad offense. Right now, they're not working. Did you hear about the the news about Najee not getting started? Like they and Jalen Warren, it's reflecting on the market. Yeah, I, I know Jalen Warren's starting to pick up some pace here. It's also reflecting in my fantasy team's projections <laughs> this week because Najee Harris, man, I I really regret that. But I didn't make that same mistake on the Mojo market. But I might get involved in a Jalen Warren. He is up. How, he is how up. Najee's on his. On the downspin, I guess. But you're never going to believe this, but we're going to talk some quarterbacks today. Yes, we are. <laughs> Listen, it's the middle of the pack quarterbacks, okay? The reason why I say this is because, yes, we've addressed the stars, the superstars, the guys with the 15-time multipliers, the guys that have been playing pretty much forever at this point, right? And then we've talked about the guys like the Jalen Hurts and the Tua's and the guys like that who are on the come-up and have a supreme low value right now. But how about those mid-card guys? And I say mid-card, it's a wrestling reference fall back on me on that one uh but the mid card guys the middle of the pack quarterbacks and unfortunately my guy is part of this um only in the mojo report by the way Dave, it, relax. It, 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 no he's not middle of the pack he when it comes to overall quarterback he's absolutely middle of the pack i don't want to hear that crap anyway let's get into it let's start with the guy that's making headlines this week uh all for the wrong reasons and that is mr kurt Thuggins, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is uh, on there right now at uh, sixty-eight, sixty-one. His value is is just right where it should be. I think uh, this year he's just he's one yard short of two thousand yards within his uh, games played. Thirteen touchdowns, six picks, sixty-four point eight completion percentage. There is a fifteen-time multiplier on Mister. You like that? Kirk Cousins, and I throw it to the Kirk Cousins of the Mojo Marker Report, a.k.a. don't listen to anything he says tomorrow about the primetime game. But Sundays, But man. Sundays, Woo. just clean it Light up. Light it up, baby. <laughs> so, Kirk so, yeah, Cousins, are you in I, on Kirk? I'm I'm not in on Kirk because I don't like the Vikings. He don't like that. But I've been <laughs> I've been sitting here talking about Kirk Cousins, and I see this every offseason. Everybody says, who's the most underrated player in football? And everybody's always like, Kirk Cousins is so underrated. And I don't really think Kirk Cousins is underrated. I think he's I properly think, rated. I think he's properly rated right where he belongs. <laughs> And he is the reason why his team does get held back in bigger games. So that's why Kirk Cousins is rated where he is. He doesn't elevate his team's play. But the thing about the mojo market is when you get an opportunity and you have a chance to bank some value and he's throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, I don't know how long Thielen's going to last over there, but they do have some weapons on the come up in the KJ. And they just added TJ Hawkinson. And they just added a Hawkinson. Thank you for that, Dave. And a great running game. They have a nice offense. And and you said that he's in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) I mean, I think that's all the right reasons. A team win on the way home. Did you see Schefter do it? Well, let's just not touch on that. It's like your crickets. But yeah, Kirk Cousins, 
I, I'm going to try and identify some guys that I'm going to short in this one. Kirk okay. Cousins is not that guy, pal. Not He's that not guy, the guy. Pal? I'm not short in Kirk Cousins. Look at those career numbers, though, man. Remember, he was drafted in the same draft class as RG3 when both of these guys were like, hey, by the way, uh, we want RG3. And oh, by the way, we're also going to take Kirk Cousins in the same draft. So clearly when he started, his value was only $7, right? Yeah. And now all, you know he shoots up. He's up 730% if this was a thing for his entire career. And we were talking about Kirk Cousins. His teammates love him because we just saw what was going on on the team playing. As far as contract reasons go, he's a very agreeable guy. The Vikings have paid him handsomely, but it's because, everybody's paid him. Handsomely. But it's because Kirk Cousins has been on board with doing a couple things that he doesn't get the long term deals. He's going on a year to year basis, but they're fully guaranteeing the money most of the time. Um, I think Kirk Cousins could end up in Minnesota for quite some time. Look, they're right now they're the number two team in most of the power rankings. I think that's egregious, but still, Vikings are a power top, ranking top four, top five team in the NFL right now. We're the Cowboys. All things considered, <laughs> with that defense, uh-huh. and a lot of that has to do with the way Kirk Cousins has been playing. The only team that they lost to was the Eagles. Uh, he has uh, an average bank value of four ninety seven. I'm not exactly sure what the market projects for him, but we have the Go other graphic. That, you can throw that up for me real quick so we can see what does the market project? Uh fifteen eighty. Yeah, I mean, the way Kirk Cousins is playing, it doesn't seem like... I know three seasons is a long time. I I anticipate Kirk Cousins having a good year this year. He's back next year on a very similar offense, may, maybe minus Thielen. But another year with this head coach, who I think is a really good one, I, I can't really do anything but advise to go long on Kirk Cousins. Oh, wow. Okay. Kirk Cousins, go long As a on... a fan, that burns me. Mr. You like that. Being realistic here, that, that offense is humming. All right. Just so we're aware, we've had this now. This is episode 37 or 8, one of those two, right? We've been talking a long time about quarterbacks, and I feel like I haven't given my boy, Dak Prescott, enough burn. Dak Prescott is not your average run-of-the-mill quarterback. He is an athlete. This guy is underpriced. He's sitting there at $65. That's To me, that's just downright disrespectful. Uh, but you look at Dak Prescott this year in particular, yes, we know he broke his thumb or whatever that was uh, against Tampa Bay. He misses all that time. Insert Cooper Rush. Do you want to invest in Cooper Rush? I don't know if anybody actually did that. But Dak Prescott now with the heavy, heavy rumor of adding an Odell Beckham Jr., to this Cowboys team. Now, the Cowboys have identified themselves as a running team. It, it, the, the team runs through Zeke. The team runs through Pollard. The team runs through their offensive line and their running game, right? So the gouty numbers, gaudy numbers of Dak Prescott probably won't it won't happen as frequent, I think. He might have those games where he just lights up the scoreboard and throws the CD and, and Gallup and all the four tight ends they got over there. They might do that, right? But... Overall, I'm not listen, I'm not about to tell you to go short on Dak Prescott because I don't think he's he's not a mistake prone quarterback, but I also don't know if he's worth the investment. I don't know your thoughts. Obviously, you know how I feel about the guys on a personal level. You know what I mean? But to to invest in a guy like this on the mojo market, I don't know if it's that lucrative. Yeah. And they do offer a 15 time multiplier. So if you think he's going to light the scoreboard with nice matchups, go don't go day trade him. I don't. I think Dak Prescott's contract situation means he's going to be in Dallas for a little bit. Like, they would really be hand, they're handcuffed. There's an out they, after, like, 25, 2025. Yeah, like, so yeah. he has at least a couple more seasons in Dallas before they try and move move forward. I don't think that's imminent anytime soon. No, he's a cowboy for life. I'm not I'm not really sure about the, the stats he's going to be able to accrue with a Mike McCarthy offense until they add another receiver. 
I'm not sure Dallas is in a position to do so. I think that they're going to be a running team for the next year or two, and Dak is a good quarterback, but I think you're starting to see some of the limitations with him not having an Amari Cooper and a CeeDee Lamb. If he had two receivers and a Dalton Schultz healthy, then we'd be, we'd be singing a different story right now, but I just don't see it with Dak. I'm not saying that I don't think Dak Prescott's the right quarterback for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Dak Prescott is the right quarterback for the Mojo market. And mainly because there has been injury concerns, and that's the number one bugaboo in the Mojo market is a guy getting hurt for an extended period. We've seen that at a Dak Prescott two times in the last three seasons. If he gets string together like three times in the last three seasons, it's like But he, he managed to stick it. The stick ankle, it out. the calf, the last lat, year the you thump. miss you miss a game. I, I consider that a healthy season yeah, if you I have guess. a seventeen game. He stretch. missed a game against Kirk Cousins <laughs> and the Vikings. So I'm not. I can't really get, pull up any of the metrics on Dak right now because he's only played three games. Mm. And one week it was week one, and they got embarrassed by the Tampa Bay defense, which was still good, right? So now at they're the time. Not, at the time. So yeah, <laughs> right. you got to give them the pass on that one. The Dallas offense needed some time to get going. They have now had have their identity. I will say this on the positive note: he just did really well last week against Chicago. That is the Bears defense that isn't playing well. But if you look across their schedule and across the league, there is a ton of defenses that are not playing well. So we'll see. I'm not in on him yet, but I would like to see Dak stay healthy a little bit longer. Maybe revisit this next time, uh, this time next year. Samesies. I hope he uh I hope he stays healthy, Dak. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, all right, moving on. We have all right, so this is an interesting one because this guy um was given a graphic by the social media team over there on Mojo, right? Because he hit that, you know, Madden has the 99 club. The Mojo Market has the one hundred dollar club, and Matt Stafford was there. He was there for a minute. No longer is the case. Matt Stafford has fallen off the face of the earth when it comes to this uh, Mojo Market. When it comes to the Rams themselves, they just don't look right. Um, last week we saw him, as I said, no first downs in the fourth quarter. They have one big play to Cooper Cup, and they managed to just get the job done. Uh, no, they look. Uh, Rams. Why do Rams I... lost to the Bucks? Yes, that's a... all right. Yeah, the Bucks on the last heroics. So the Rams are in a tough spot right now. Uh, the numbers are not good on Matt Stafford. Eight touchdowns, two, eight picks. So his completion percentage somehow, somehow, is up. So when the ball's not going to his receivers, it's just going to the other team. <laughs> so that, that's how they break that down. But when you look at Matt Stafford as a whole, the, the whole body of work. When you look at his career, right? His career numbers are relatively good. The career market for this guy has been good because of the fact that he's played for some egregious teams, dude. Like, he's played for the Lions his whole life. Last year, the spike of the Super Bowl win, you could see where it happens. Uh, But after that, it just seems to be on a downward trajectory. Over the course of his year, uh, of his career, he's up 122%. Now, remember, he was taken very high in the draft. He was touted to be one of the, the, the future of the Detroit Lions. Just so happens he got his ass kicked every week. You know, it's just the way it happens. Um... But now you look at the future uh, future market for him. I don't know. Did you write down his average? Because right now they're projecting $15.39. So is that looking like another like two, three years maybe? Yeah, like two and a half seasons. I'm short in Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm short in I think I've read a couple too. articles over the last season or two where they were talking about an elbow issue and, and a back issue that are chronic. So if Matthew Stafford's dealing with a chronic injury, he has one of the worst offensive lines in football. The way he's playing right now, he's sitting at – um, he's sitting at, where may we find it, 29th in EPA per play, and he's sitting at 32nd in air yards. He's not doing anything well. The offensive line, as I said, is not blocking for him. They have no run game to speak of. Their secondary is not helping. So there's really just not much to offer in way of Matthew Stafford right now. 
I don't know if they're in a position to really add any more pieces, nor do I think that they really need to, because if you look at their weapons on offense, they have them, you know? Just not executing. They're just, they're just not executing, and I think the Sean McVay thing in L.A., with the talented team that he has and they're not performing, I guess you could really chalk it up to offensive line issues that really will wreck oh, 100%, a season. 100%, yeah. Can't get nothing done. But I just don't know that Matthew Stafford lasts two and a half more seasons in this league. So I think it's a good play to go short on him. And I don't think Matthew Stafford is the type of guy to stick around for his career to linger because I think he's dealt with a ton of injuries. And I know that he had had some things with his wife where I know that they have some things outside of football going on. So I think Matthew Stafford, he got his chip. We might see a retirement. And I'm not predicting that. I can't get in his head. I'm just not seeing two and a half more productive if years out of Matthew If he keeps Stafford. continuing to get the crap kicked out of him each and every Sunday while losing, it's like one thing if last year he got beat up, which he did. You know, he did take a lot of – a big beating last year, but the ultimate payoff was a Super Bowl win. So everybody's like, ah, hey, all is fine. But now you have a team that's struggling in the NFC West in which you're dealing with the Niners, you're dealing with the Seahawks, you're dealing with the pesky Cardinals, right? Like, the, you know, the Cardinals aren't great, but again, they can stick around – that just getting out of your division this year is a big deal, right? And then coming in, like, well, I understand. All right, and we got seven teams now. Like, is the, are the Rams really looking like a playoff team right now? I no, don't think absolutely so. Absolutely not. So you're not going to get any value there. So again, I'm with you. I'm shorting Matt Stafford uh, going forward because once you realize that it's the time is up for him, that's it. You know, and the bank value is great. Don't get me wrong, but. They we weren't we weren't given the opportunity to get in on this to guy an early. Extension, so if he wants to just stick around and hold them hostage for all that money, he uh, can. Like, like you said, a lot of stuff outside football. I, I, you know, he's not Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Brady's he's not going to leave his whole family behind. <laughs> like Stafford wants to be with his family. Um, but anyway, that's Stafford. Um, all right. So another one interesting. This is a very interesting uh, quarterback in the middle of the pack, and this is a guy that again had a bad scenery at first. Gets traded, or at least, I don't know, it was a trade. I forget. Tannehill to the... Tannehill was was a free agent. It was a free agent move. So Tannehill goes to the Tennessee Titans. Now, Ryan Tannehill, uh, while he plays serviceable quarterback, and they were, again, last year they lose King Henry. He goes down to injury. Somehow, someway, the Titans are still the one seed in the AFC, right? And obviously, they fall short. The rest is history last year. This year, there was a little bit of a you know, a a gamble of sorts for the Titans when they had the chance to go and grab a Malik Willis. Now, obviously, we've seen Willis play. The guy can't really throw too much. He's throwing a couple nice balls. We're like, oh, that was cute, right? But then overall, you're just like, "Eh, this guy needs a little work. Guy obviously moves with his legs. That Tennessee offense runs differently, 100% differently with Malik Willis. Now, I look at Tannehill. Yeah, like it doesn't run. It it doesn't, well, yeah. At all. Well, I mean, it's, it's just Henry. You know what I'm saying? But when I look at Tannehill, he's missed a lot of time so far. He's only got six touchdowns, three picks. So on this year, is it time to short Ryan Tannehill because of the fact that Malik Willis is now kind of just breathing down his neck? And I understand the Titans aren't – like, you look at those receivers over in Tennessee – and it is atrocious. They don't have nothing over there. Traylon yeah. Burke's supposed to be coming back. Robert Woods hasn't done anything. They're a rough offense to watch. So why would I go anywhere with Ryan Tannehill? Well, if I I've, I don't I want I want to see what his market projections are. Bring it up, man. Go forward. Ahead. So $9.07, that, bro. I like it. I you like do. it. I I think I'm going to go long on Ryan Tannehill really? and I'm okay. going to explain a couple of reasons Please why. Please do. First off, Ryan Tannehill, he's won four straight starts. They started the season 0-2. Mm-hmm, they won true. five in a row going into the, the KC game, but Malik Willis won the last one. So he, Ryan Tannehill, he just wins football games. And I want to say another thing. I'm not ex- even sure why 
the Titans drafted Malik Willis. He ran a spread offense at Liberty, right? I mean, Liberty played what? How many big schools? <laughs> Two? That aside, I'm no, just, I'm just saying about, he's not had competition. I'm just talking about scheme fit right mm -hmm. now. Uh, Malik Willis is not will, is not able to play under center in this NF, in the NFL. Seems he like has it, to come yeah. out of shotgun, and th the problem with that is Derrick Henry does not like running the ball out of the shotgun. So this is a problem because are you really going to sacrifice what Derrick Henry brings to the table in lieu of? But are they starting to look at Derrick Henry as too much tread on the tires? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they looking future, future, future? I mean, based on the way he's been used, I don't think that they think that. And the the fact that they're going to run this bus into the ground. Some money. <laughs> I think Derrick Henry. Their belief is that he's a different breed and he could carry the load for as long as need be, a la an AP type, which I agree with. Um, Malik Willis has 11 completions through two games. You could say what you want about the receivers. That's bad, mm, right? Very. So you could sit here and say uh, Malik Willis may they, – they drafted him. They really did that, though? They drafted him in the third round. Typically, when third-round quarterbacks get drafted, they don't pan out, right? Typically, that's a backup quarterback. Maybe they just decided, hey, we're going to bring Malik Willis in to be the backup. He has some ath athletic ability. And Ryan Tannehill going forward is still going to be the guy. They were the one seed last year. And you could sit here and pick apart the stats all you want and the metrics, but you can't really look at those with Ryan Tannehill because that's not that offense. It's just not how they do things. He's a game manager, albeit not the best one in the world, but they win football games. I believe in the coaching system. I believe in the staff. I believe that they'll be a playoff team again this year. I believe that they're going to be a playoff team again next year with the way that division looks. So, yes, I'm going to go long on Tannehill because really it's just staying healthy for two seasons – Playing well enough as to where to not get benched. <laughs> not you, you. You withstand. You you last out that contract, and then you get another opportunity maybe somewhere else at that time. Okay, that's my opinion on Tannehill. I don't think Tannehill is out of this league in two years by any stretch. He's not playing that bad of football, and. How do you see him being out in two years? Really? No, because even if he loses the I job, I don't think Malik Willis. Even is if the guy even if Tennessee. Malik Willis came in there and wowed everybody, and, and Tannehill was out, and Wally pipped because he got hurt, right? Um, I would see Tannehill as a starter somewhere else. Like, yeah, Tannehill is that guy to kind of, almost like a Case Keenum esque, who, who we might see this week, but like just a journeyman who will be there, a great backup in his latter years. It's going to happen. But right now, he's the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans when healthy. So. Yeah. And a good Titans team and when the they're points, healthy. And, and you look at the point spread as soon as they realize that Tannehill may not be playing last week. And oh, it went to like, like 11, 12. 11 to 14 or yeah, something. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Yeah. All right, well, he Tannehill. He has a much better chance to win. He's in on him. I'm with it. Um, again, I, I usually usually piggyback Chris's advice here on the Mojo Market. Uh, let's see what he has to say about the GQ. Jimmy GQ. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Um, again, this guy clearly like his value is super duper low right now. And he's the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers for the remainder of this year. Now this all be it because our boy Trey Lance bites the dust and he gets, you know, he breaks his ankle. Um, I would say, do you feel like, you know, and actually and pull this right up because I really want to see two thirty one is his um, average bank value, average bank per season. And his future is 14. So they're looking at seven more, six and a half more years out of this guy. Right. I mean, his, no, because no? truth be told, you got to look at this with blinder or you can't really look at this at the surface level because 231. How long did he back up Tom Brady? So there was season after season That's after true. season where he banked zero. So. It's a little bit of a skewed metric right there. I would like to actually go in and see if I could do some math on it. But Jimmy G, as a starter, I would imagine that he's probably right around the 4 or $5 mark. No no different than Ryan Tannehill, averaging okay. five twenty six a season. Mm -hmm. So I would put him right about there. 
So now it has him about another year and a half, right? I don't know that Jimmy G catches on as a starter anywhere, but you know what I have a feeling about? I have a feeling that he's starting at this time next year for the San Francisco 49ers. Really? Again, why wouldn't they? I mean, you get a very similar it's very incentive-based contract. We, we've seen what, what it was with Jimmy G in the offseason. Now, maybe it was because the 49ers' asking price was too high. But we've see, we saw guys like Baker Mayfield get traded in the offseason. We've seen other uh, Russ Wilson got traded in the offseason. Most of these teams that went after quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, it wasn't Jimmy G. Now, maybe it was the asking price, but combined with the fact that he was willing to take a new deal, maybe that was only according to the 49ers. I don't know what he would have – you would have had to take on that money. Right. We'll see what Jimmy G in the open market does. I think that the 49ers are probably going to offer him the best deal. I don't think anybody expects Jimmy G to come in and light up the world and, and take their team to the next level. I think 49ers are a good fit. And with Trey Lance injury concerns, yes, I'm, I'm still going to go in on Jimmy G because it's very, very low. And I think that there's going to be at least some value in the second half this season. Look at what he did in the second half last year. And right now he's fourth in, in EPA per play, which means that he's giving the ball to the guys in space because we know it's not him. Right? right. He's at 23rd in air yards, which isn't really that bad considering it's jumbled together with like Mahomes and things like that. Right. Um, that means that he's got playmakers on his team, though. So he does, and that's a, that was my point. I was going to bring up like the fact that Jimmy G, all he has to do is just play comparable football. Like you got Christian McCaffrey now behind you, you got Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got all these guys that can make plays. Jimmy G, the asking of the 49ers is, hey man, don't screw this up. All right, you have all this. We have the, one of the best, if not the best, defense in football. One of the top three, right? This team is is primed for another run because if you look at it, if you look at the NFC West, I, I look. Would I love to believe in the Seattle Seahawks right now? Sure, would, but I just don't. I, 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 I kind of do. I, I know do. you do, but I, I know, well, look, believing them as what Super Bowl contender? Not quite yet. To to come out of the West. Yes, I do believe that they're going to yeah? be okay. in the thick of the West. One hundred percent. I think the Niners have put playing. themselves in a position. They're now. stopping the run really well. And, and yeah, you said that over the last though. couple of weeks. They've been doing that. But what I see the 49ers, and I see Jimmy G, the Jimmy G led 49ers. Um, I see that this team is very equipped to to produce each and every week. They play in a division where they you know they own the Rams. You know Shanahan owns them. Well, that's over with. They the, beat them twice. Right. So that's over. the The Seahawks will be an interesting battle. But look, the 49ers. I don't know. I believe in them. And if I'm going to play Jimmy G at all this year, I'm going to go 10-time multiplier on him each and every week because there's not going to be a game, I think, that Jimmy G will walk in and lose it for you. I think there is a little bit of volatility. Not this year, at least. I think there's some volatility attached to Jimmy G because you might see him get his job taken and then re-given and then taken and then re-given. But I think the one constant has been that it's Jimmy G. At the end of the year, he's playing in playoff games somehow. So, And guess what? That's more games to accrue some bank value and, and just you know get your stacks up when it comes to this. All right, a couple more guys we want to get to before we get out of here today. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, one of them being uh, – what we do got, we got We next? got two oh, more. Russ Dangerous. Dangerous. How about that? So Russell Wilson is uh, – what we got here? Okay. Yes, I, I wrote him down too. Uh, Russell Wilson – is uh, an enigma right now because we really don't understand what went wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, he leaves a a decent situation in Seattle. He gets traded, so not his choice. 
but he has the DK Metcalfs of the world. He would have had Kenneth Walker. He would have had, T, you know, Lockett, right? He's got a good situation. When he gets traded over there, the market saw that, saw that as an opportunity, had a really good running game going in. You had the Javante Williams when you were getting in there. You had the Melvin Gordons of the world coming back. Cortland Sutton's good. Jerry Judy's good. You're seeing the emergence of Dolce. Like, these guys, they got themselves a squad. What's the problem? I've always said this. Coaching matters. I don't think he's being coached very well right now in uh, in Denver. And, of course, you know, you look at Russ Wilson and all the antics, either on or off the field, they make you just kind of, you know, kind of roll your eyes at a Russell Wilson. Chris, the question is this. He's sitting there with a 15-time multiplier. He's sitting there with $90 of value. So he's in the top, at least the top 10 of value for quarterbacks on the mojo market. What's your play going forward on a danger Russ Wilson? Well, I think that I heard a report that the the Broncos are heavily they believe heavily that Russ will turn things around and that eventually he's going to be the right pick at this position. Sure. They gave him a lot of money in the offseason and he's locked up so he's the future of the Broncos whether we like it or not. So we're going to see Russell Wilson as long as he's healthy I don't mind it. playing quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about we, oh. I'm talking about you guys in general. If you <laughs> Doesn't I bother think, me much. <laughs> I think that there's going to be a little bit of uh, tough sledding for the Broncos because I just don't think Russ is the guy. Um, if you see any of his success as a team that he's ever had, it's always been really built around the run game, and I still think that's going to be the case if Denver ever gets things going. But we just saw Denver kind of be sellers at the deadline. They changed things up on defense. They got rid of a couple playmakers. I don't know, man. I think Denver's a little bit further along, and that Russell Wilson contract hurts them more than it helps them. You're going to see Jerry Judy was mentioned in trade talks. At certain points, you might start to see these pieces that he has around him go away, get traded. Yeah. Are they going to pay Cortland Sutton? He's about to have to get paid. What's he worth? You know what I mean? It's not me to dictate that, but I don't look at a Cortland Sutton like a Stephon Diggs. I think he's. You know. I think he's worth more than what his stats have shown. Because the offense hasn't been playing well, so Cortland Sutton is not yeah. getting the ball. Yeah, okay. I think Cortland Sutton's a really good player. I do too. He's a very consistent. If player. If they don't pay him handsomely, he's going to get paid from somebody else because of the ability and the potential. I and think you Denver's saw how many teams were in on receivers. So I don't know, man. I think Denver's line. offense is going to be on the on the downspin in a couple year for the next couple seasons because I don't think that they're going to keep those guys around. What they're able to do in the draft, I'm not so sure because they don't have many draft picks. Guess why? You're looking at him right there. Dangerous. So I'm not so sure about the Broncos going forward, and that leaves me out on Russ. Um, I will say he's fifth in the league in air yards, though. He puts some ball in the, uh, air under the ball. Every time you throw it, I feel like it's down the per field. Per attempt, yeah. not air well, yards, because well, he's probably only thrown it down the field 11 times. <laughs> anyway. He's got almost 1,700 yards, uh, six touchdowns, four picks, a couple ugly picks. He's under 60% completion. So he's not having the greatest year. He's not. I mean, that's, there's no there's no And we're saying under it. 60%, that's really bad because if you look at the leaders, like 15th is like 70%. So well, just looking that? at the guys we talked about today, Stafford's 68, believe it or not. So it's yeah, almost in the Well, 70s. that's what I'm right. saying. There's guys that are playing really, really bad this season. And still aren't throwing as many still aren't throwing bad, as bad as Russ. <laughs> one more guy here. The One of the trickier ones to figure out because of the fact that all was invested on this, um, on his future of this year in particular. And we're talking about Derek Carr over there in Las Vegas. Now, Derek Carr has been there what feels like forever, right? It feels like he's been through like 15 coaches and regimes and front offices and all this stuff that Derek At Carr's least, had. Yeah, coordinator after coordinator. And dude, all the stuff that this guy's had to endure. And here he is still chugging along. Now, last year, they did him a solid and said, hey, 
How about we go out and get your college guy and get, bring over Devontae Adams from Green Bay? And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is going to be unbelievable. The, the, they're going to light up the scoreboard each and every week. You're talking about Josh Jacobs behind him, and you got Darren Waller and now Devontae. Why has this not, you know, kind of came to fruition again? And I said this about um, I said this about Russell Wilson. Coaching matters. And I feel like Josh McDaniels is just doing a very, very bad yeah. job of getting this offense to go. So I looked a little bit deeper into Derek Carr because I have a good friend who's a, a Raider fan, and, uh -huh. and he's a little bit concerned because he's heavily invested in like the Derek Carr rookie game and autos, and he's been <laughs> investing his money in Derek Carr wax for the last ten years. Has he uh, has he invested in the Mojo market, Derek Carr? Because I know he plays. I know he's in the Mojo market. I just don't know if he's invested in okay. Carr, which is probably why he's asking me about his boy, <laughs> right? So. I got to say, man, I think Derek Carr may be a victim of circumstance in this case because that secondary is bad. They're asking him to do a they whole lot. They just cut Abram yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I think they're going to start looking ahead. They need to. They should have at the deadline, but that's another story. Mm. Um, yeah, I think because Derek Carr's metrics, they add up for me. He's 11th in EPA per play. He's 8th in air yards per play. To me, that's the, I see a guy that's doing as, as much as he possibly can. He's doing the most. The secondary is giving him no help. As soon, if the Raiders score one split second later, the other team scores. I remember Packer teams that I've watched that were like that. And oh, it was yeah. just very brutal. Very, you can't stop anybody. Romo-esque. <laughs> what starts to happen is you start to press a little bit on offense because you have you feel like you have to do it all. Yeah. And I'm not getting in Derek Carr's head, but when you have a head coach, if you see the interactions on the sidelines, it's just there. not vibing right it ain't now. There. That's not a good spot to be in as a as a head as a quarterback where you thought this may be finally the season where things came together. I hate to say this, but I really do see Derek Carr as a prime trade candidate in the offseason. I could see Tampa Bay as a, as a destination if Tom Brady retires. I could – oh, no, I'm not going to say that because that would be crazy. But If he went to no, Green Bay? No, I really do believe Jordan Love is going to get his opportunity. But mm -hmm. I, I'm just saying it would have been crazy if, be? if Derek Carr went to Green Bay and the and Adams, Adams is like, dude, there like that. <laughs> come on. Yeah, but no, that's not going to happen. It's Jordan Love there. But I could easily see it because if they play themselves into a top five pick and they have an opportunity to get one of these right quarterbacks. Right now they're sitting at 10, in case you were wondering. Okay, but they could play themselves into a top five Truth. pick. If so, be so. You can't really pass up the opportunity on one of these top I, three I blue shippers. Correct. And then there's some probably decent trade value, and then you could free up some money in the contract. And you would probably see a team like Tampa, who has a pre pretty good roster that's a quarterback away, make a move like that. So I don't think Derek Carr is going to not start in this league if he ends up somewhere else. I was talking else. about the Packers, by the way, when I said 10th. Just so just so we're clear, I thought you were still on the Jordan oh, no, Love no, no. train. Yeah, the Raiders are probably <laughs> a little higher. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in a better situation right now to potentially even more so draft How one great. of these guys. What a great situation to be in. They're in a better... <laughs> That's where we're on at. On the surface, That's when you're at. looking future so the value. the six Raiders are in a better situation than the three and six Raiders. <laughs> in the draft, yeah, on the draft, absolutely. That's where we're at. Absolutely. Disrespectful. When, when, you're, when you're this bad as a team, you st you have to start looking at that. Yeah, but like I said, I think I'm, gonna, I'm not going to short Derek Carr because I think the contract is there. It's up to the front office. Do they think it's the coach or do they think it's the quarterback? And then – when you have the opportunity to possibly get really good, really young mm. at that position, you can't miss that opportunity. So I really do see the Raiders picking a quarterback in the top five, and they're not going to keep Derek Carr around if that's the case. No, he's not. There's not going to be a learning curve uh, behind the, the the Derek Carr learning tree. It's, it's a very expensive teacher. 
Yes, exactly. Slash backup quarterback. And, and at one point, Jimmy G was that expensive teacher backup quarterback until they restructured, right? I mean, that's a big thing. Hey, Devontae, so. just demand the trade back to Green Bay. We will give I'm sure they'll welcome you with open arms. So that's our mid-pack, uh, mid middle-of-the-pack quarterback show today. Uh, we want you guys to also follow Mojo uh, throughout the course of this week and going forward. You can follow them. At Mojo on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can see them all over there. You can join the Discord. Join the conversation. A lot of new faces in there that I'm starting to see. Um, we can have a conversation about your portfolio, who you're going long on, who you're going short with. There's a lot of things to discuss over there, including like an Ask Mojo, like hey, or 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 app, um, you know, either app questions or app suggestions like hey you should do this and all of a sudden you know tom would hit us up with a a brand new chart and we're like oh look at that new toy that the mojo market report has uh but yes you can follow the discord as well go to mojo.com for all of the links to that stuff very easy to get to the bloggers there again i could i can't say enough about those guys they're all great um and on twitter the twitter space is luke again on monday night football killed it um so again kudos to those guys so for us, Dave Sturchio and, of course, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll be back here tomorrow. We have week number 10. It's Thursday Night Football. It's another banger between the Panthers and the Falcons. God. <laughs> All right.